1: go anywhere unless you
0: want to. It's the Ron and Don show. Starring Ron and Don and sometimes me at
1: rondon.com.
0: Hey you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 559 now of the Ron and Don show and we are live from the Schwab studio. What
1: is up Ron and Don Nation? Hey,
0: coming up we're going to tell you about a Michigan boy who protected his sister, the slingshot. <laughs> hey, you got an intruder, you got to do what you got to do. I'm going to tell you how I protected my sister with a baseball bat and a pair of tidy whities <laughs> <laughs> And we'll find out if Ron ever had to protect uh, any of her sisters. Also, uh, people o- over 50, which we are now, are revealing personal truths that they wish they would have known when they were younger. Uh, so we'll share some of those, and you can share some uh, with us if you'd like to write us. Just go to ronandonsitdown.com get sign up for the newsletter, and uh, you can hit us with some messages. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. I am getting spammed right now, Uh, a lot. For some reason, I got on some call list. So uh, Ron DeSantis wants me to uh, give money to his campaign after he really struggled, I guess yesterday, announcing his campaign. But I guess he is running for the presidency. And along with that, you know, he's a culture war guy. We've seen people run, We've, we've seen people on the right run before without engaging in the culture wars and win, and, and, and they win. Uh, oftentimes what, what politicians do with these culture wars is they try to create a problem that many of us feel on the left and right that we don't have. They magnify that problem. They make it much bigger than it really is. They divide us, and then they tell us that the only one that can step in and fix, fix this and make it all great again uh, is themselves. It's interesting how they are the answers to the problem. I also think it's it's interesting because a lot of these politicians will run on making something great again, but you already had four years to make it great. So my question is, how long does it take to make something great? And then once you've made it and it's great, how do you keep it? Well, how does it continue to be great? Before we get to that, though, uh, <laughs> I'm just uh, I'm I'm. I'm looking at this culture war with Target right now, which, by the way, Target's in the news for two different reasons. One is they are beginning to close a lot of stores. Some of those stores uh, are being closed in Portland and other places around the country because they say so many people just walk in our stores now and they steal stuff, and we just can't write it off anymore. We can't afford it anymore. The police aren't coming. They're not filing a police report, uh, and it just... It, it it's taken up a lot of our time and resources. So we are going to disappear from some of these urban cores. We see that happening with hospitals too, where hospitals will close. And then all of a sudden some of those same physicians uh, end up in a place like Queen Anne or out in Kirkland. And all of a sudden they're opening up in a little strip mall because they know the people that will come from Queen Anne and Kirkland, chances are they have health insurance and they're going to pay, right? So it, it's interesting as we see these things happening, and now Target is being attacked again, and this is part of the culture war, because they had, um, they had items in their stores that were connected to Pride. Uh, they said they started getting phone calls and emails and threats, and their employees started getting threatened because Pride Month is coming up here. And as a result of that, they decided to pull some of those items from Target, so Ron Target has become a target here. Number one for pulling out of urban areas, and now number two for pulling things out of their stores that that the the gay community uh, feels very connected to, and and you can tell they're they're very pissed and mad, and uh, and, sh- and and should they be? And I and I'll tell you what, they're pretty militant because I'm getting a lot of text messages to uh, to my phone concerning that as well
1: this uh, This bothers me to no end, especially the variant of it that comes from evangelical Christianity, where again, and and you know my history, don, I'm pretty well versed in the Bible and in comparative religious studies, like I spent a lot of time uh you know, from my late teenage years, probably into my thirties studying and thinking about religion and reading the Bible and doing all that stuff i i'm I'm struggling to find any verse that instructs believers to micromanage what non-believers behaviors are, right? Because that's what we're doing here. We are, we are saying that, Hey, you're, you're doing a behavior that I don't agree with. So therefore I am going to Disregard everything that's going on in my life. Disregard everything going on in my family's life. Disregard everything going on in my community, in my church, and everyone in my peer group. I'm going to go outside of everyone that even claims to believe the same things that I do. And now I want to dictate the behavior of people that aren't in my community that aren't a member of my church, that haven't professed to believe in the same religion that I believe in, and I am going on a crusade against a behavior that I disagree with that is perfectly legal. Um, It's allowed in this country, and it's been a discriminated against group. I don't know where that is in the Bible. I don't know where that is uh, really, in any, any major religion where they're saying, usually, like the, when, when I studied Christianity, it was taking care of yourself. It was taking care of your church, your flock, your peer group. And then, of course, there was an outreach component to it, but it was done in love. It was done with caring it was you, you know, whoever, tell me with the verse, whoever feeds the poor and clothes the sick or whatever that verse is, I'm trying to remember, uh, that, that was the outreach. It wasn't go pick a behavior that you disagree with and try to force someone out of business. Same thing with Bud Light. Uh, I'm never drinking Bud Light again because they happen to feature someone that I disagree with, you know, a, a person that is transgender. Oh, my God. The beer brand that I that I worked with or that I used to drink. So it's, so follow this logic. Uh, I, I'm an evangelical Christian who loves Bud Light, and when when the beer that I love at my evangelical Christian barbecues, where we're getting we're throwing back a couple six packs of Bud Light, uh, when they sponsor someone that I disagree with, I'm pulling pulling out of my Bud Light and I'm going over to Coors Light. Like, does that make any sense to you whatsoever?
0: And I'm going to buy a kid rock album,
1: right? (laughs) (laughs) Who cares? Like, take care of your own house. Yeah. Take care of your own house. And then we live in a country where that is protected. It is not immoral. It is not illegal to have a sexual identity different than yours. And so if, if a retailer is going, Hey, there's a lot of people that will buy stuff from us buy beer or they're going to buy swimsuits or they're going to buy whatever why would you not why is it in the best not in the best interest of a company to try to sell the most things at their company that's all they're trying to do believe me Budweiser and Target they're interested in one thing and one thing only how do we sell the most stuff
0: yeah we will see you on the other side of this Hey, you guys, it's Ron, Don, and Mon. That's not going to work. Ron, Don, and Mara? Ron, I don't have the like. switch to Mitch. Get Mora with Mara. I'm going to have to work on this. I, I, I'll i come up with something. You know I always do. But in the meantime, we got a brand new team member we're pretty pumped about, right? We
1: do. Mara has joined Team Ron and Don for the real estate venture. And Mara, you uh, had a background in tech. What's the type of person that you feel like you could really serve well in the real estate capacity? Definitely people who have just moved to Seattle or even people who are living in the city but are tired of paying their landlord's mortgage. Um, Yeah, so the cool thing is with your background in tech, you understand there's kind of a negative connotation for the tech bros that are coming in, but a lot of people are recent college grads, maybe your late 20s, early 30s, and like you want to establish roots in Seattle definitely most of the people working in tech are not the horror stories you've heard of the tech bros and are people like you and me that have just moved to seattle love the city and want to establish ourselves here
0: i figured it out if you want to work with mar you don't have to go far she's sitting right here in wow. fact we can do it uh, ron and don i hit it Mar I, I don't know what it is Farrah but Mar- just when it comes to phrasing, I'm a freaking genius, you guys. And why wouldn't I be? Hey, thanks for listening to the Don podcast. More of the podcast coming up. In the meantime, if you need us if you need Marsh. you didn't go far, all you got to do is reach out. That's Sitdown.com. More of the show coming up. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, if you need us, uh, just reach out.
1: Yeah, you can email me directly, directly ron at ronandon.com. If you're thinking about buying a house, selling a house, investing in real estate, 1031 Exchanges, if you have a loved one that's had a uh, health issues that's necessitated a move, uh, give us an email, or you can just go right online, uh, ronandonsitdown.com and you can go right through there.
0: Hey, this is kind of an interesting story. All the interesting stories usually come out of Florida, but this one's actually out of Michigan. Go blue. How about that? Uh, a young boy, he's 13 years old, and he and his sister uh, they're out near their home and they're doing they're looking for mushrooms. I don't think it's those kind of mushrooms, though. So, but they're looking they're they're looking for mushrooms. Next thing you know, a man appears. A man appears, and Owen Burns, who's 13 years of age, looks over. This man appears, grabs his eight-year-old sister, who he'd been mushroom hunting with, places his hand over her mouth, and it looks like he's going to drag her off into the woods. So what Owen does is he looks around and he says, you know what? I got my slingshot. So he takes out a slingshot and a rock. His dad said that he's a very, very good shot. I guess so. He's had a slingshot since he was seven. And why this guy is holding his sister, he pings him right in the head with his slingshot. He reaches down. He gets another rock. He pings the guy for a second time right near his eyeball. And the guy is in so much pain. He's really for so much pain from Owen's slingshot that he lets go of his sister. He goes running off into the woods. And now as a result of that, uh, Owen is a local hero in, in Michigan, which he should be.
1: Can I just say as a sidebar that I love these local news channels like in Michigan where they they go out and they make him recreate the slingshot, like he pulls out the slingshot. He recreates the action uh, for the local news channel.
0: Yeah, yeah, he did. He said, uh, this is what he said, quote, here's Owen, 13 years of age. He said, I had to grab a rock in there and a marble that was right next to it, so I grabbed them both, I put them in there, and you know what? I was just shooting it. And then uh, he went on to say that his sister's fine. She's a little startled. Uh, his his dad said <laughs> that his son uh, shot his Nerf gun and BB gun as a kid. Uh, and he's just always been a very, very good shot. And uh, he practices a lot. And then, and then Owen can't figure out now why he's getting a bunch of money. He says, quote, you know, people are giving me money. I got a bunch of money, really, for no reason. I mean, I'm grateful for all that, but... People should stop giving me should stop giving me all this money and all this stuff for no reason. I know I did something right, uh, but it's just me, and it's not a big deal.
1: <laughs> That's a great 13-year-old right there.
0: Yeah. They say, uh, and anyway, they have caught the kidnapper. He's in jail, uh, and... Uh, we'll keep you updated on that story. You,
1: you strike me as someone that was a defender, defender of people and family.
0: Yeah, the problem is, I, I, I we were living on a street called Camino de la Sierra up in uh, in New Mexico. You were Appleton. on the
1: fancy part of town, Mister Camino de la. Right up there, up against the mountains. I don't know
0: about that. Uh, <laughs>
1: it's
0: not fancy anymore. If it was fancy, uh, any, any anyway, I my my brother and I we had bunk beds and then we disassembled the bunk beds and we now our beds were just twin beds side by side and he had a low and brow light in the window and when the low and brow light was on that was a signal to his girlfriend that the coast was clear and that she could come in and he would sneak her in and out of the house with the low and brow light okay and then and then sometimes he would sneak out the window and he wouldn't be there so i hear someone at the back door and i'm thinking it it, it it's probably it's probably my brother because he would come in sometimes after going out and having a few uh, low and brows. This is when he was in high school. And uh, so I hear something at the back door. I'm thinking it's him. I look over and it's not him because he's in bed. Mm. And I don't is have. Is there a bush sign anywhere? I don't have contacts at the time. I'm still wearing glasses, but I can't find my glasses. It's really hard to find your glasses without glasses. That's true. You need glasses to find your glasses. I'm in my Tidy Whitey's Fruit of the Loom. The whole nine yards, and there's a baseball bat up in the corner, and 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 somebody is is trying to get in the back door. So I take this baseball bat. The door opens up. There's a dude there, cowboy boots, cowboy hat, belt buckle. From what I could tell and what I could see, so I just yelled and screamed at him because that's the only thing I knew to do. Uh, that's what I used to do right before I tackle somebody in football, or right before they're about to catch a ball. I'd just, Rah! So I just, so, what I so. I did this. And I had the baseball bat, and I just started swinging this baseball bat at him. Did you connect? Clipped him in the legs, got him across the back a few times, and then he did a beautiful job of running across the backyard. He must have known that we had a canoe there because you could jump on the canoe and jump over the fence. That's exactly what he did. So I'm thinking to myself, this is probably not the first time that he's tried to, to break into our house.
1: <laughs> there's got to be. There's a, I feel a twist coming on here.
0: The next day, we we're sitting at the dinner table, and my sister's there with her boyfriend, hmm. uh, and he looked a little beat up.
1: <laughs> Cowboy hat.
0: She 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 told him to come through the double doors, and there were two. Uh, sets of double doors he went through the wrong double doors he came through our double doors and he was trying to find uh my sister beth she's trying to Hmm. so so anyway that was a lot
1: of action going on at the o'neill house yeah did you
0: ever have to uh step in and protect a sibling
1: Uh, i was the youngest growing up so like i wasn't really in the protector role Mm -hmm. um so not really i mean you've seen me in a couple situations where i was like it's not really my fight to fight like i kind of I I sort of sidestepped that action.
0: Yeah, you're very smart.
1: Keep a level head. Keep your nose to the grindstone. Try uh, not to get in Not a lover,
0: not a fighter, but a survivor. We'll see you later. See you on the other side. Hey, you guys. Big announcement on the Ron and Don Show. Mitch Weeks has changed his name to Mitch is Strong. Yeah, Mitch is strong (laughs) when it comes to financing. And a lot of people out there, Mitch, they think, hey, do I have to put 20, 25, 30% down on a house? What does Mitch Strong Week say about this?
1: What say you? Great question. No, most people think 20% and that used to be the number, but first time home buyers can actually put as little as 3% down, which is huge. Houses are still expensive. They really are. And if you can put 3% down and just on a million dollar home, that's as little as $30,000. A lot easier to save $30,000 than two hundred. dollars I'll tell you what. Absolutely. So Mitch is what, he, what he's going to do when you meet with him and you go to Mitch.loans, set up your time to talk to Mitch. He's going to show you all the programs, not just one program or not just one bank. You're going to have all the different programs, all the different rates, all the different time frames, and all the different ways to get into a house, even if you have 3% down. So switch to Mitch. It's really easy. You can go to Mitch.loans. That's Mitch.loans.
0: All right, you guys, welcome back to the uh, Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, if you need us, let's sit down. We do something called the Ron and Don Sit Down. It all starts with the Ron and Don Sit Down. We find out where you're at on your real estate journey, whether you're buying, selling, investing, and then we see how we can interact and and meet you on that journey because everybody's in a different spot in a different place. Uh, So make sure, even if it's not us, if you're interviewing other real estate agents, it, it is so important that they understand where you are on your journey and where you want to go. And that's what the Ron and Don sit down is all about. It's just, and,
1: and I'll just say this too, as well, just because you've known someone for a long time, doesn't make them a good agent. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you can be a good friend of someone and they can be in real estate. Uh, it doesn't mean you're obligated to give them the business. Um, at least shop it around a little bit. Cause there are people that are great people, great friends, not necessarily the great choice for you as an agent. Yeah. Just, just saying.
0: Yeah, so run it on sitdown, uh, uh, com again uh, if you need us. Before get out of here, uh read an article. Basically, people are sharing that are now 50 years of age and above and talking about some of the things that they wish they would have known when they were younger, things they now know to be true. Uh, did you read it? I did. What did you think? What'd you think?
1: I thought it was interesting. It's sort of that same, a variant of if you could go back and talk to your 20-year-old self, what, what would you say? Two things that popped into my head uh, – for this question. First was, I if I was talking to my earlier self would be to, if you wanted to ask someone out, just ask them out. Like I used to go in when, when I was a younger man, like teens into my twenties, probably even into my thirties, I would get like focused on one person and and a little bit OCD. It's kind of kind of a one-itis thing. It's like, oh my God, like I have to go out with this one person. How do I make this happen? And I would go spend way too much time and effort and build this elaborate world, if you will, around the possibility of dating someone that I was had a crush on. And if I could go back and tell myself, just ask someone out. If they say no, move on, like just keep, Keep moving. Like it, there's a lot more to it than whether or not you're attracted to someone or whether you have a crush on them. So I, I I would tell myself that. And then the other thing that I think even applies to me today that I try to even remember is I don't have to try so hard to act like I'm smart. Like I think you can ask shorter questions. Um, I don't have to – I'm not. it's not a contest to like prove to people – that I know something that I ain't like, if you're smart, just be smart. smart. You don't, you don't have to pretend to be smart or like,
0: that's a t-shirt. If you're smart, just be smart.
1: Right. You know <laughs> what I'm saying though? Like sometimes you would, or I would do these huge wind ups to things and sort of feel like I had to prove myself all the time. When oh. it's just like, just ask the question.
0: I'm not very smart, so I don't worry about it. <laughs> not, not a big deal. What, what did you think of some of the people's answers? Uh, what, what, what was the overall tone? Do you think of, of, Of people's thoughts into their 50s
1: the tone that i took away was that we are way too self-absorbed when you're younger like you think that everybody's looking at you everybody's paying attention to your life that if you make some small mistake that it's catastrophic when in reality just like go out and fail with more abandon if you will just try something uh, it doesn't matter if you seem foolish in the moment or if you have a setback or whatever. Like no one is really thinking about you as much as it feels like they are. What about you? What was your takeaways?
0: Uh, one, one would be nobody's coming to help you. They're not. Nobody's coming to save you. They're not. And you, you, you do have, there are just times in your life where you have to save yourself there's also going to be times where you have to pick up people and carry them right there are times if if like even with my with my own son there are times where figuratively and literally I've had to pick him up and carry him uh there's times during covid I just picked him up and I carried him and and in order to do that to pick people up and carry them, you have to have the strength to do it and you have to have the strength to carry yourself so I think a lot of that has come through therapy um yeah. A lot of that has come through curiosity. And a lot of that has come from living my life today. Uh, I light a candle every morning and I make certain decisions every morning. And, and, and then after I light that candle, I ask myself, what, what am I doing to live my life today? Today. Um, and I try to do one thing a day that makes me feel alive and like I'm engaged with humankind. It doesn't always have to be a trip. It doesn't mean you have to get on a plane. Some, sometimes we, we live such a life of anticipation and reflection. That's really what our Facebook pages are. It's all the anticipation and reflection instead of turning off Facebook and say, you know what? I'm going to live in the moment today. We were, we were out with a client today, and we helped her, and we're going to talk more about this on our Friday show, but we helped her sell her home after her husband had passed. And there were a couple moments where I reached for my phone when we were sitting there, and she had taken a note out of her purse that she had written to herself when she was searching for a real estate team, and she she read it to us. And this is before knowing us, but she read this letter to us. And I began to get a little misty-eyed, and my instinct was, I got to get my phone out and record this. This would be so great on social media. This would be great in our newsletter. This would, be... And I'm sitting there, and then my therapy took over, where Priscilla just taught me, can you stay at home? Can you stay in the moment? Can you just sit here right now with with Mara and Ron and Sharon? And, and Sharon is sharing this moment. And maybe this moment is only for the four of you right now, sitting at this table eating together. And 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 so it it it, it was a beautiful thing to participate in that, have her read the letter to us. And then, uh, and then we all took a picture together at the end. But I think really having the confidence to stay home with yourself. In radio, sometimes we feel like we have to share everything. You can only just share something. You don't have to share everything. And I think um, um, just having tools, just having tools. Because uh, life can be so wonderful sometimes and so joyous. Other times, so hard. And when it's hard, having those tools um, and allowing yourself to, to be guided by other people that have the wisdom, the knowledge in the toolbox to help you. Um, that's what I tell a younger version of myself, I think. so. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Ron and Don Show. If you need us, again, just reach out like Sharon did. It all started and ended with a sit down. Uh, we went and had coffee with her uh, months and months ago. And then today we sat down at Duke's uh, Chowder House in South Center, and we shared a wonderful lunch t- uh, together and some wonderful times. And it was so great to see her, and we'll see her again this summer when we have our client appreciation party. And here's team. a
1: tip from Don. Get the maple-glazed bacon. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. Those are good.
1: <laughs> I haven't seen you get that excited yeah. about a menu item in a long time.
0: And shoulders back. We'll see you next time. You're listening to the Ron and Dawn Show. Only on the Ron and Dawn
1: Now keep your head up and your shoulders back. And keep blowing that trumpet. And we'll see you next time. Only. 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 Only on the Ron and Dawn Radio Network. <laughs>